Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Amy. And together we are Asteria Press, an indie publishing house focused on community, fun and feel-good fantasy. This podcast is a place to indulge in your love for all things bookish. From book recommendations to sneak peeks behind the scenes of an indie publishing house to discussions about big topics in the book industry. Today's episode is titled Behind the Scenes of Setting Up an Indie Press. And we're going to take you through the steps of setting up an indie publishing house in the 21st century. We're also going to introduce Asteria Press's values and inspirations and give you a little insider look around at our current projects and goals for 2023. Make yourself comfortable and let's dive right in. Marvellous. Right. I think let's get going with Amy. Can you please introduce yourselves, yourselves, yourself to our lovely audience? Yes, I'm Amy and I'm just the one person. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're all good. I got my start in publishing, in academic publishing, and it was lovely, but I really like fiction. So when I switched to fiction, I um, started doing freelance work, working with independent authors of fantasy fiction, um, and I've worked on some really exciting projects through that. So that's what I do. I'm going to ask to, you to give yourself a random fact, you know, on top of the marvellous editing that you do. Oh, my random fact. Oh, I have so many random facts, Holly. This is too much. Uh, my random fact is that on my desk right now is a Grow Your Own Mushroom Kit. <laughs> there you go. I love That's my this. random fact. <laughs> I love it. Your, uh, your desk is much cooler than mine. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. Probably much um, more I actually well. currently have a roll of toilet paper on my desk. But that is simply because I've been painting today, um, not because I go to the toilet on my desk. We need to edit that bit out. Right, <laughs> moving swiftly on. We won't. <laughs> uh, yes. Tell me about you. What do you do with your life? What do I do with my life? You know, that, that, is, a, that is a loaded question right there. <laughs> um, but for, for the sake of this podcast, uh, I am a writer and an artist. Um, I illustrate children's books and do commissions for people mainly working with watercolor and uh, line marker or ink and when I write I'm currently really into writing fantasy and so I've written one novel which is currently being edited and I am currently writing some short children's stories based in fantasy superhero environmental themes it is very exciting I am having so much fun with it like just coming up with all the all the really fun stuff that I used to love, like make believe as kids, um, just getting to put that all into these little stories. So that is great. And your random fact? My random fact. Uh, my random fact is, I thought I would share with you what my favourite Disney song of all time is. Um, and that is Son of Man by the legend Phil Collins from the film Tarzan. And I, in fact, have been listening to it earlier today while I was painting. So that is my random fact. Go watch Tarzan. It is wonderful. It's a delightful random fact. I thank you. While we're at it, uh, Amy, what are you reading at the moment? See, that's that's my loaded question. Because I don't read just the one thing. It's poor habit. I want to blame uni, but it was before uni. I mean, you can give us give us a load of titles if you want, or just go with your favourite uh, one. I'm going to pick the one. I'm going to pick the one. So the one I'm picking is... Anthony Horowitz's Horowitz's, I should have prepared this, uh, The Magpie Murders, because I've gotten Ooh. 
deeply into cozy mystery at the minute and it's a wonderful book i'm listening to it on audiobook which i think really suits the storytelling style actually um and it's about a murder as like as it would be it's a cozy mystery so it's about a murder in a village two murders in fact that they're trying to get to the bottom of and untangle all the horrible village gossip and i'm enjoying it a lot that sounds amazing the I only love yeah mysteries. the only deviation from cozy cozy mystery as a genre that there is is, is that the detective is actually like a professional real detective as opposed to an amateur which i think adds a really interesting dynamic to the story yeah no that sounds really good what about you what are you reading i'm actually doing a reread at the moment because i read this book i'm gonna say last year it was actually like two months ago but you know it was in 2022 so counts as last year and i loved it so much and then my husband read it and then he loved it so much that I got jealous that he was reading it. And so I decided to reread it the second he finished it. Um, so I am reading House of Earth and Blood um, by Sarah J. This is also where I need to have done my research before. Mass or Mass? Sarah Mass. It is a fantasy story, but it is totally unlike any fantasy I've ever read before. It has wonderfully original characters and world it's kind of it's quite an urban fantasy rather than a rural kind of setting for the whole thing and what I think I love about it and what I think is her genius is she she's great at getting the characters really deep and it's the characters that drive the story and I think so often I read books now where it's really the plot that drives the story and it's it's always got to be action 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 but here she has this wonderful observational way of describing the the really deep and complex characters that she's created I'm gonna say slightly Jane Austen-esque despite the fact that the story is nothing like Jane Austen um but she's got a real gift for it so I am very much enjoying reading that at the moment Ooh, that sounds exciting it is very exciting right I think we should move swiftly on so just to let you lovely listeners know what we're going to be talking about in this podcast uh we're going to start off by walking you through what it's like to set up an indie press in the 21st century and then at the end we will just introduce Asteria Press a little of who we are what we do what we're about and have a look forward to our goals and aspirations for 2023 so jam-packed uh, episode full of lots of tasty things in here for you and let's move on to setting up an indie press so amy can you tell us a bit about where the idea of setting up a publishing house first came from because really this one's on you mate <laughs> all i can say is i'm sorry Get <laughs> the idea could come from i had gone to Bristol, where you were at the time, to go to a wedding. And the wedding was on a Friday, so I stayed over at your house. My husband and I slept on your living room floor under your many cosy blankets. And while we were there, I think as a joke, it came up that you're writing a book and I edit books. And also you're marvellous at all of the auxiliaries. Why don't we just have a publishing house? And it was all a lot of fun. And we moved on with our lives. 
Except for, it turned out you were going to Ely the next day. Yeah. I want to say. So we were going to be getting back to Cambridge, where we were at the time. The, the same day as you would be in Ely and driving back through Cambridge. So we, we were like, well, stop for tea. It's a long journey. Stop for a cup of tea. Because we're, we're grown-ups and that's what we do. Uh, what we also do is while uh, is we write an entire business plan and present it to our friends when they just pop in for a cup of tea. So I think you were expecting maybe a slice of cake as a surprise. And what I what I gave you instead was a business plan. Is that is that an accurate? Is that that, an that accurate is a very accurate. Plan? That is a very accurate summary. I'd actually forgotten the fact that we'd discussed it in Bristol. I just remember being like slightly bowled over by this business plan in in Cambridge. Um, it was so briefly. It was only as a joke. We were like, "Hat lol, we could set up a publishing house," and then. <laughs> What what concreted it more for me was we were chatting about it and every skill I was missing, which is a lot, you had. Um, so you you're creative and artistic and mathematically sound. Um <laughs> and, and you so, know, all those good things. No one's ever called me sound before, but I'm I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so just the, the more we talked about it, the more things fell into place. I think one of the wonderful things was, because we've always had a love of books and really shared that, that all of a sudden it was like, almost like the next step <laughs> along that journey was just, you know, from obviously going from being book nerds to, um, well, why don't we create the things? And, and do it together step. and see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I like <laughs> reading books too. I'm going to make a financial investment. <laughs> um, I do remember it took me a little longer to be convinced of the idea. I think you were all enthusiasm from the get-go and I, I needed a little while to kind of think through it um, and decide whether it was for me, partially because, Amy, you'd set up your business two years beforehand and so I think you had more of an idea of how how you would go about such a thing um whereas the whole setting up a business was still completely new to me at that point but look um, at you now successfully commissioning art <laughs> um but yeah it was very very exciting and very random and what well I think what the thing is is once the idea had been suggested it would have been it would have been a shame just not to go for it like yeah what would we have done with our lives if we hadn't have just said yes we, and, every time and we saw each other we would have had to have looked back and gone hmm but was that the right call oh, exactly this has suddenly got very deep that's um, done <laughs> and i think it brings us well it doesn't bring us at all nicely to, to our genre our genre um so i think we just kind of settled naturally into finding a niche so when you're talking about setting up any uh, business, uh, one of the big pieces of advice out there is uh, find your niche. So it's not uh, enough just to decide, yes, I want to set up a publishing house. Um, you really have to figure out what's going to make you stand out. What's your specialism going to be? Um, 
And really, we didn't need to discuss this one very much because I think we both enjoy reading and working on the same things, um, which was extremely handy because if one of us had liked horror and the other one of us had liked, I don't know, kids' literature, then I think we might have had an issue. But luckily, we both have... (laughs) You know what I mean. Luckily, we both have an interest in fantasy. Um, Amy works and edits fantasy books. Um, I love writing fantasy books. So that was very naturally kind of the the niche we decided to go down. But we also then decided, you know, it's not enough just to go fantasy. We need to niche down even more because fantasy itself is quite a broad genre and encompasses many different styles. And many of us will be, you know, aware of the kind of the Tolkien high fantasy style, but there are many different subgenres within fantasy out there. And I think what was quite important to us was actually we we really value books that are uplifting and feel good. And actually fantasy sometimes, it's it can be hard to find those feel good fantasy books. You know, with a rom-com, you know what you're getting into kind of thing and you know you're getting a, a hug in a book. Whereas with fantasy, there's quite a lot of dark fantasy out there, which isn't a bad thing at all but it can be a little harder to find those gems which have those more uplifting themes. So we decided that was what we wanted to focus on. Lovely. And I'm sorry now, because I think this this actually does quite naturally feed on to make you talk more, because this is definitely your wheelhouse. <laughs> Tell us about the logo. Ah, oh, the logo. Um, do you actually want to know where I created the logo? Because well, start with a name, because that'll, that'll... Oh, that's a very fair point. So Asteria Press, where did Asteria come from? Um, Well, we were given a little tip by a friend in the industry um, who I'm going to, you know, keep unnamed as, you know, our uh, exciting (laughs) anonymous source, um, who said it it can be a good thing to start business names with an A because they come higher up on lists and things like that. So we decided we were just going to take this tip and run with it. However, we then needed to find a name beginning with A that didn't match with any current publishing house out there. I just interject actually one of your suggestions. Go on them. We could have been Aardvark Press. <laughs> you can continue now. We could have been, but we're not. Um, and we really struggled, actually, finding a name that we were both happy with. Um, I, I had a bit of a, an obsession with animals at the time, which I think didn't help. Um, Amy is nodding at me you can't see that but um yeah she's got that long suffering look in her eyes um (laughs) um but eventually I was doing some research into um sort of Greek gods and goddesses Roman gods and goddesses thinking you know that might be a handy place to look for names beginning with a that happened to be fantasy related and came across the name Asteria and she was the Greek goddess of shooting stars and there was just something about the idea that of that symbol of the shooting star, which just kind of encapsulated both the the positivity and the enthusiasm with which we were running at the slightly mad project, but also that sense of of magic and of mystery and of awe and of wow that you know great fantasy books really encompass. And so um, I ran the name past Amy, and she jumped at it. And so we decided naturally that because our whole theme was this shooting star theme that we were going to go for the image of a shooting star for our logo um both kind of getting across that fantasy feel but also the kind of the dreams and aspirations we had in doing something a bit bonkers like setting up a publishing house 
so that was really where it came from um the the idea behind the logo and it's a delightful logo surprisingly difficult to to incorporate such a dynamic image into a logo as well there were a lot of iterations mm. there were many iterations i was quite lucky in that really really randomly my husband had happened to watch a youtube video on how to create a logo like <laughs> the day before amy and i had the discussion about me creating a logo and so he gave me quite a few really good tips including a uh, random logo fact for you you should be able to slice the logo in half either vertically or horizontally and it still be recognizable mm. as your logo um, and you definitely can with ours yeah I, w I was pretty proud I, I i i used word um to create it the, that well-known illustrative um <laughs> but actually part of it was because good logos tend to be made from strong shapes and really recognizable shapes and that's part of what gives them their power and their like catching oh yes recognizable nature and so actually it was really good just going really back to the basics and making the the shape itself quite simple and so and then playing around with colors was great fun um I do remember Amy did not like my initial color choices so with, with which was absolutely fair you know had very very valid comments but we we eventually doubled down on the the teal and gold mix which I think works really well the very sage advice my husband gave me was sometimes you've just got to pick one and stick to it <laughs> well, I mean he's right. not wrong it's to the point where we'd we'd you'd done so many brilliant ideas but because you, we've never seen any of them in situ at that point none of them felt right and then when you took this one and you kind of put it into a couple of like mock-ups and it looked real it looked it it spoke so we picked one and we stuck with it <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it, actually, for for my first time logo creation. I'm I'm pretty happy, and and I think it gets across the the vibe we want to be going for as well. There's some there's energy about it, which I think is cool. Amy, let's let's move on. I think I've done way way too much talking by now, because I, I while I've been working on prettifying things and making logos and playing around with shapes and word. You've been doing a lot of the behind the scenes, uh, practical admin side of the business. Oh, absolutely. And I am sure there will be people uh, here who, despite the fact that they probably hate the word admin, at least I hate the word admin, you know, might well be interested in what, what does it take to actually set up a business? What does that look like in the founding stages? Well, strap in. This is going to be as interesting, but talking about lo logos. So I think the notes you've given me are email, social media accounts, LLP. So yes, we, I mean, we started with the basics, the email, because you can't do anything without an email. And that gives you access to a Google Drive. We've got a Google email, so Google Drive. Um, and that's when I started building all the spreadsheets. Uh, so we've got time tracking. We've got a whole lovely task spreadsheet with uh, statuses and ownerships and all, all those lovely things. And then, you know, the matter of setting up LLPs. I won't go into too much detail because nobody's listening to a bookish podcast to hear about business structures. But um, setting up as one has been a lot of fun. 
been a lot of uh, looking into the tax implications. And the more I hear myself talking, the more I think, hmm, you don't want to hear this. But that's all right. <laughs> uh, let's just say I am very, very grateful that Amy has shouldered the burden of the practical stuff that sounds really, really dry, but is really, really crucial to setting up an indie publishing house. Absolutely. So... You'll have the maths of royalties to come, so don't thank me too hard. <laughs> it's fine you'll just have to thank me in return at that point but while we're actually here I think one thing I just wanted to note was one of the things I've been quite surprised about has just been how easy it's been relatively speaking to set up an indie publishing house in the 21st century I think there's something about coming uh from an outsider perspective that the publishing world looks very elite it can look very kind of on a pedestal and to suddenly be in this place where actually we have the resources to just have an idea and run with it and set something up is so exciting and I know that we you know it means doing things like partnering with Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of it which you know there are ethical questions there which um you know are there for another time but you know the fact that actually you can be entrepreneurial and you can set up an indie publishing house really quite quickly because this is what taken us just a few months to get here. Um, and that's been on the side of all these other different professional projects we've got going on. It has been really quite exciting, I think. It has been. One of the things that really helps is how supportive other people working in indie presses and running their indie presses have been and how willing they are to give advice and point us in the right direction. And also just a number of different avenues you can take when setting up a press, uh, the different formats there are to publish in and the different ways of printing. There's just been a lot, lot of opportunity and room to make decisions. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying here that as a podcast, we want to really champion the indie press side of the publishing industry and and celebrate the fact that we've got amazing independent booksellers, book presses, uh, authors doing amazing work outside the bounds of the traditional roots. And yeah, we're really going to focus on that and and highlight maybe authors and presses that you haven't heard as much of before, which is super exciting. Isn't it just? You sound so sarcastic. It's just my natural voice. We're just gonna we're gonna have to plow through this podcast, knowing that sometimes I'll say things and it will sound sarcastic, and it'll be part of our charm. You are charming. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, I think we should move on to talking a little bit about Asteria Press and uh, who we are as an indie press, a uh, new kid on the block. So, Amy. Can you sum up Asteria Press in a sentence? If I could. See, that was sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I got that one. Nice. <laughs> Can I sum up Asteria Press in a sentence? See, I could do it in words. Can I do it in a sentence? Uh, I would say it's an adventurous step towards redefining fantasy and bringing feel-good uh literature into the arms of readers beautiful beautiful that was that was very impressive um i'm gonna pick up on one of the phrases you used there 
um, because I'm sure it will have been one that, you know, made some ears twitch and prick up. Uh, when you say redefining fantasy, can you tell us a little bit about what that means and what Asteria Press is trying to do when we're trying to redefine fantasy? Absolutely. I think part of, part of what we're really excited about is cross-genre and taking risks and doing things with fantasy that aren't typically done and just just blending different genres. I think one of the exciting things is when you're trying to move forward and push boundaries is you're never quite sure where it's going to go. And so actually we haven't got a an alternative fantasy we're going to be moving into because that's something we'll be doing together with our authors, with our readers in partnership, forging new ideas uh, can only be done one step at a time. So thank you very much for introducing that. And I think the the values that I hope have really, you know, sprung out at everyone listening is that, you know, yes, we're about fantasy, but we're about feel good stories. We're about fun. And, and actually one of the core pillars of our um, indie press we've decided is going to be really central to what we're about is community as well. And really, you know, welcoming a community of readers, helping uh, build and grow and nurture a, a community of readers who love that fantasy, who are excited about new subgenres of fantasy coming out. And so that's going to be a big part of, of what we are and what we do. Love it. Nice. Um, Shall we move on to just giving everyone a little insider look at our current projects? So we deserve a sneak peek. A sneak peek. We deserve a sneak peek. Um, (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about what we're doing at the moment in Asteria Press? We can. I'm going to reveal the working title if that's okay. You go for it. Yeah. So working title, Dragon Outlaw, because book 001 by Holly Muller is just, you know, it's it's not sexy. So... It's now in developmental editing, so I am just over halfway through reading it. Uh, we'll be working on it for, well, I'll be working on it for two months, writing up a good report, a whole bunch of notes in the pages to hand over to our lovely Holly here. And it's the first step, step of production. So we're we're marching forward towards having our first book, and it is wildly exciting. That is wildly exciting. Um it's very it's just awesome to be having our first book you know already in that first stage of production in the developmental editing stage and we will be letting you know how it goes um, along its journey and the other thing we've of course been doing is setting up this podcast um which has been you know impeccably organized behind the scenes she says both of us not having a microphone right now um sorry about that but yes we have uh, been setting up this and starting to get an online presence so you'll be able to find us on instagram and on facebook and on twitter um generally we are called asteria press and that's where you can find us with the sole exception of twitter where that name was already taken and so we are press asteria so if you want to look at look up uh asteria press on twitter that's the way to find us Ah, no one uses twitter anyway no, no, it does seem to have slightly imploded. <laughs> well, if you want to find us on Facebook or Instagram, we're Asteria Press. 
and you will see the shooting star logo on the profile picture so hopefully you will recognize us uh, straight uh, away find, from that to find us on mastodon we are at hysteria press at bookstodon.com marvelous was that it so far that is it that's the socials that is the socials wow very sociable over here right i think i think we can wrap up so just to let you know, we hope you've really enjoyed this, our first podcast. We do apologise if the sound quality isn't quite as, as crystal clear as it could have been. We will be endeavouring to get microphones for our next podcast. Um, that is definitely on both of our to-do lists. And uh, we'll be back in a fortnight's time to give our first indie book recommendation of the podcast. Amy, do you want to drop the name of the book we'll be reading in case anyone wants to go and have a little sneak peek at it beforehand? Again, I'm not very organised, but the book is Hester by Laura, Laurie Lico Albanese. Yes, fantastic little book. Gorgeous cover. You will never want to put it on your shelves because you'll want it out on the coffee table all of the time. Well, that, that is how to judge a book, really, isn't it? By, by its cover. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so um, we will be checking back in with you in a fortnight's time. And until then, sending you lots of love and keep reading. Keep reading.